Today's episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. I am Patricia Trana, and happy Monday to everybody. It is Monday, May 17th. We are coming off of the Giants rookie mini camp that was held Friday and Saturday. And as promised, I'm going to give you some takeaways, some observations, uh, just some thoughts about the minicamp, which, by the way, only had 22 players in camp. And uh, just to put that into perspective, the Giants have 25 coaches and they only had 22 players. So really, it's kind of funny. It was like a one-on-one type of coaching clinic, which was basically how the system was set up. But we'll talk about all that and more on today's show. I'm going to cover some of the main stories and try to give you a little bit more insight into the main stories. And uh, let's go ahead and kick that off. Um, So anyway, the camp structure that Joe Judge set up was was a coaching clinic. And he said that was basically an orientation period, an opportunity for the players to get their feet wet to learn about, you know, where the locker room was, where the showers were, where the cafeteria was, you know, just find their way around, you know. So basically they they didn't want to have the rookies necessarily hit the ground and running. They wanted to give them an opportunity on, quote unquote, their first day on the job to find their way around and kind of get used to how things are done in the Giants facility. So with that said, the Position coaches work with the players that they had available to them. Now, obviously, there were only, I think, two offensive linemen, for example. So couldn't really do a whole lot in terms of offensive line drills. But um, the assistant coaches, you know, Ben Wilkerson, who is a former NFL offensive lineman, kind of filled in on the offensive line. And they just did certain things. They got creative is, is what I'm getting at in terms of uh, being able to run certain drills. Now, I want to talk about the big quote, the big story. And it's not really a, a major story, but it was written about, it was spoken about. So I feel like I have to address it here on the podcast. And that is receiver Kadarius Tony and why he did not do all the drills. In the mini, in the two day mini camp. Now, to recap, if you weren't, um, tuned in over the weekend, Kadarius Tony had some equipment issues with his shoes. He was not assigned the proper pair of shoes, a, a, a pair that fit him. So at one point, he actually went through the drills barefoot. Um, one, one foot was, was covered with a shoe and the other was barefoot which is kind of dangerous, but, you know, Kadarius Tony didn't want to miss any any um, practice time while he was waiting for a new shoe to come out. 
after day one was over, he did not run sprints. And that raised some question and concern as to whether or not there was an injury involved. So head coach Joe Judge, as he typically does, um, after that practice, he told the media that he had to check with the training staff to see if there was something going on. So meanwhile, day two rolls around and Kadarius Tony goes through maybe half an hour of the hour-long practice that was scheduled. And then he goes off to the side and gets his calf stretched out, which again, raises questions. Is there an injury that he's dealing with? And this time when Joe Judge got on the conference call with everybody, he basically said it wasn't an injury situation. And then he went on to explain that, you know, certain guys haven't been on the field for over five months or longer. and They were trying to distribute the workload, et cetera, et cetera. Kind of a weak argument there, if you ask me, because Kadarius Toney, you know, he played last season, you know, whereas maybe an Ellerson Smith who had his season canceled, you know, now you're talking about a guy who had to go a little bit longer in between uh, getting on the grass versus, you know, not being on the grass. Anyway, the whole thing with Kadarius Toney, just my take, is the shoe issue, I think, created the problem. And by that, I mean... I would not be surprised if Kadarius Tony developed some blisters or started to develop blisters. And I don't know if any of you out there have ever had blisters on your feet. I just recently dealt with blisters on my one of my feet. And they are painful. And not only are they painful, but they change the way you walk. They change the gait. And perhaps Kadarius Tony. Um, was, who might have been starting to blister and perhaps there was concern that, oh, let's not have him run. Let's not have him do a whole lot because we don't want him all of a sudden running a different way, changing his gait and God forbid compensating for the pain of the blister to where now maybe he's putting a hamstring or a calf muscle or something else at risk. So I, I really believe that that's what happened with Kadarius Tony now. You know, the Giants didn't confirm that he was blistering. This is just my theory. But I think that, you know, they, they held him out because, hey, listen, he's the, the, the first round draft pick. All right. He's not just some, you know, he's not a tryout player who's just coming in and, you know, looking to impress and, you know, injuries, blisters, et cetera, be damned. So that's what I think happened with Kadarius Tony. I don't think it's a big deal. And I think, you know, the sight of him having his calf massage, again, maybe it was because he was starting to compensate for the blisters. Maybe it was because, you know, look, he was done for the day and they wanted to stretch him out because I think, you know, after they finish working out on the field anyway, they all go in and they stretch and do some post-practice lifts and whatnot to get the blood going. So bottom line is, I don't think it was a big deal. I really don't. Now, if Kadarius Tony gets to the mandatory mini camp and is unable to practice, then I think we've got something to talk about and worry about. I don't know that that necessarily is going to be the issue here. So uh, for those of you who are wondering what's going on with this guy, that's just my take. That's the only thing I can think of that makes any kind of logical sense. Now, there was another thing that was um, mentioned that I think kind of got under the skin of a few people about Kadarius Tony, And that was 
when he was asked about his jersey number. He was assigned jersey number 89, which, as everybody knows, famously worn by Mark Bavaro. And Kadarius Tony basically, you know, said, hey, look, you know, the number was assigned to me. And um, then he went on to say that the number doesn't make the man, the man makes the number, which I thought was a, a perfectly good answer. But um, I know a couple people reached out to me and they were like, what's with him? You know, what's with the attitude? Is he a prima donna? Look, guys, these kids coming in are not going to be giant historians. They're not necessarily going to know who wore the number before them or, or who some of the greats are. I mean, not everybody is familiar with uh, Lawrence Taylor. And, and hey, newsflash, a lot of these guys were born after Lawrence Taylor you know, called it a career. So they like never saw a Lawrence Taylor, let alone a Mark Bavaro or some of the great giants of, of the 1980s. So I just think it's, you know, I think it's a reach to say that, oh, you know, what, what's with that? What does this kid have an attitude and whatnot? I just think that's a, a bit much and it's too soon to, to make that conclusion. I don't see enough evidence there, but, you know, that's just my take on, you know, what I heard and what I saw from Kadarius Tony, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't think he's a prima donna. I don't think he's going to be a problem. Actually, I kind of admire him. He he was willing to work through his equipment issue, even though, you know, running around with, in a bare foot maybe wasn't the smartest thing to do. So that to me said, spoke more volumes than anything else that, um, you know, what he said or what he didn't say. So just my take on, on the situation. I, I think, you know, let's give this kid the benefit of the doubt and see where, where he lands. So, all right, Giant fans, you are listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trana. We are recapping the Giants mini camp from this past weekend. We'll be right back after this with more observations and thoughts from the mini camp. Stay with us. What is good, Giants fans? Listen up. Nugenics is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, and they're offering complimentary bottles to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T, to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass as well. There's a reason that Nugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. Simply put, it works. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape absolutely free. Just text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT. To 231231, message and data rates may apply. Investing can be complicated. But whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio and create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. Wealthfront automatically handles all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. 
Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNFL to start growing your savings. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Segment two, Patricia Trainer here with you. And uh, we are recapping the New York Giants two-day rookie minicamp. Wasn't a traditional minicamp in that there wasn't seven-on-seven, 11-on-11. It was more of a coaching clinic. But nonetheless, it was an opportunity for head coach Joe Judge and his assistants to get in front of these guys and you know, see them in person. Judge made the comment in uh, one of his media briefings that for for a lot of the guys, it was the first time that he was actually seeing them in person as opposed to seeing them on a video conference call. So don't discount uh, the importance of that. But anyway, um, one of the things that jumped out at me immediately when I saw the Giants roster for this camp was that of all the positions they had in camp, they had five, I think it was five or six running backs and one fullback. And I thought that was very, very telling. Now, if you've been listening to me or reading me over at Giants Country, you know that I have been screaming about the Giants' depth at the running back spot. Again, Saquon Barkley, there is optimism. He's going to be fine. The problem with Saquon Barkley, as I see it, is what the Giants aren't telling us. And that basically is, is you haven't heard anybody from the Giants say, oh, Saquon's going to be ready for training camp or, oh, Saquon should be ready for the start of the season. Joe Judge has said that, you know, he doesn't have a timetable on him. Um, he's not a doctor. And, you know, that's kind of Judge's way of saying, you know, the body will be ready when the body is ready. And that's a smart approach because you just don't know. Everybody heals differently. And although, you know, Saquon Barkley has been working it out, he's been rehabbing, been attacking his uh, recovery with, with all the zest that he's typically known for, for attacking uh, the game with, you just don't know. And, you know, being able to run and walk and do all the normal things that that everybody does is one thing. But now when you throw in an NFL running back who has to cut, who has to block, who has to really exert his knees amongst, the, you know, as well as the rest of his body, now you're talking something a little differently. So the Giants, because of what they have invested in Saquon Barkley, I don't think they're going to rush him. I really don't. I would be very shocked if Saquon Barkley come the start of training camp, he is cleared to do everything at the start of training camp. I I could see, um, I think Barkley will pass his, his physical. That said, I just think they're going to manage his workload, at least in the beginning, because why put him out there and just run the risk of, of a setback? And this is something that's not uncommon with certain players. Like, again, I, I keep mentioning this example, but it's really the best example I can come up with. Years ago, when Victor Cruz was coming back, he pushed himself to the brink because he was very anxious to get back. And unfortunately, by pushing himself, he, he, 
had a setback. The Giants don't want to see that happen with Saquon Barkley. Um, if it's one thing to work hard, but you also have to work smart. And I think, you know, the Giants are going to pay Saquon Barkley. Remember, he doesn't need to be on the field until, what, September 12th, which is when the season starts for the Giants. So to throw him out there right away just doesn't make sense. So in the meantime, what the Giants are going to do, obviously, is they're going to maybe give some of the snaps that Barkley might ordinarily have gotten to Devonta Booker. Gary Brightwell might get some snaps, and the newest giant that they signed, Corey Clement, who was one of the tryout players in this weekend's rookie minicamp. So just kind of getting back to the number of running backs the Giants had in the rookie minicamp, that was a clear sign to me that the Giants agreed that they needed some additional depth. You know, they, they just don't, prior to signing Corey Clement, they just didn't have a lot of veteran experience depth. And you know, there's there's something to be said about letting some of the young guys play and develop and whatnot. But this is such a critical year for the Giants. They really, you know, as opposed to last year where and I think they had more flexibility to kind of let these guys, you know, these young guys who had never played before, to let them get their feet wet and, and you know, get acclimated to the NFL. Because remember, they didn't have a preseason last year. I don't know necessarily if that's going to be the same thinking this year. Teams are going to have a three-game preseason, so coaches will be able to get these guys some work and uh, see where they fit in, how far they've come along. So that's that's a change from last year. And then, you know, you're talking the Giants I don't know that there is there's as much room for error for the Giants this year as there was maybe last year. You know, last year Joe Judge first year, um, obviously he had to come through the the issues of not having an, a spring, not having um, you know the preseason, um, a, a modified training camp of so, sorts. This year things are going to be a little closer to being back to normal. So. The expectations are now a little higher, maybe, than they were last year. It's like, you know, we, we heard John Mara um, a, a couple months ago talk about the importance of starting to win some more games. So you can't really, I don't think, futz around too much if you're the Giants. You've got to kind of roll with what you've got. And running back is going to be such an important position on the offense. You know, the Giants have all these receiving targets and whatnot and that's great but they also have to have a running game and if they don't have that then that offense is going to be in trouble so that's why I think they brought in um, so many running backs and of course they ended up signing Corey Clement like I mentioned Um, speaking of tryouts let's talk a little bit about Kelvin Benjamin who um, Dave Gettleman when he was in Carolina drafted Kelvin Benjamin a wide receiver at the time in the first round of the 2014 draft, I believe it was. Kelvin Benjamin, unfortunately, his career kind of fell into the gutter a little bit when he had some injury issues and just wasn't able to recapture his rookie season, his rookie production when he caught over a 1,000 yards, um, receiving yards. Um, so he was in on a tryout, but he was listed as a tight end. And I know a lot of people uh, have asked me, well, what does that mean for Evan Ingram? Does this mean that the Giants are getting ready to trade him? I don't think it has anything to do with Evan Ingram, to be honest with you. 
again, here's here's my take, and I could be totally wrong on this, but I see two things at play here. Number one, Kyle Rudolph, remember, is coming off of foot surgery. So I suspect he's going to be limited at first in training camp. I'm not anticipating he's going to be green-lighted until later on in training camp. But more importantly, you know, for Kelvin Benjamin, you know, there's a possibility that he might end up on the Giants practice squad. I don't know what the practice squad rules are going to be just yet. I don't think the league and the the players union have um, worked that out. But it's an opportunity for Benjamin to maybe land on the practice squad. Or the other thing that I was thinking is it's an opportunity for him to go out there in the preseason, put some film together, updated film for other teams to maybe look at and say, hey, you know, we could use a big bodied wide receiver like Benjamin. So just that could be at play too there. I I don't know exactly if that's the case there, but I don't think – adding Kelvin Benjamin. It has anything to do with Evan Ingram. And I know a lot of you out there are convinced the Giants are going to trade Evan Ingram. Right now, I would say that probably isn't going to happen, but let's see how the season unfolds. I mean, never say never. And, you know, it's interesting because last, uh, actually a few months ago, I I think it was uh, Dave Gettleman was asked about, you know, why didn't you trade Dalvin Tomlinson when you had the chance? And um, I think John Mara was also asked about losing some of the free agents that the Giants maybe could have traded that they weren't able to re-sign. And you sure would like to think that if a player is not in the long-term plans for the Giants, and they have a suitable backup on the roster that they would maybe look to trade the guy and get more draft picks in next year's draft class. So, you know, I'll give you a couple guys that might fit into that category here. One, obviously, is Evan Ingram. If he is not in your long-term plans, and I'm not saying that he is or isn't at this point, but if he's not there, then why not try and trade him? Maybe pick up an extra third or fourth round pick. Maybe maybe even make it a conditional pick for, for all we know. Another guy that I got to admit, I'm scratching my head over why they haven't re-signed him, but I'm wondering if maybe he fits into this category as well, is Jabril Peppers. Now, originally I thought, okay, Jabril Peppers, Xavier McKinney, um, and Logan Ryan would, would uh, you know, make up the the terrific trio, if you will. And then you bring in, um, you know, Julian Love, obviously. And then, you know, now you have a really solid rotation. Now, I would like to think that the Giants are going to resign Jabril Peppers. I, I really want to see Jabril Peppers here for the long term. But you just kind of wonder. You wonder if maybe um, they want, Xavier McKinney to maybe become the starter alongside of Logan Ryan. And if so, does that maybe mean that they have now a guy that they can dangle as trade bait? And is that guy Jabril Peppers? I hope not. I'm not saying that that's the plan, but I'm just thinking out loud here because they also have um, Adoree Jackson who can give them a few snaps inside. I think um, Aaron Robinson, who, who's primarily a slot cornerback, can can do that. I mean, the the point is, is the Giants, when you look at their defensive backs, nobody's, re- you know, with very few exceptions, James Bradbury obviously being one, nobody's really, 
you know, there's versatility there is what I'm getting at. So you just wonder if maybe there might be some movement, some opportunity to move, you know, a Jabril Peppers, which again, I don't endorse that, but, you know, stranger things have happened. And if the Giants, you know, if they haven't re-signed him, um, and, and that's not to say that they won't re-sign him at some point, but, you know, geez, I thought they would have done so a long time ago. I'm surprised that he hasn't been extended. And you just kind of wonder why that hasn't happened. It's, it's not like, you know, it's going to cost them anything extra. Um, and, and if anything, it'll help clear out some ca- salary cap space. So just something that crossed my mind. Um, we'll see. There's still a lot of time left, but uh, I just found it interesting that the Giants didn't clear some extra cap space by signing um, Jabo Peppers to an extension. And the only reason I can come up with that is, A, they're either not sure about Peppers as, in the future, or B, they're holding off on that because if they do sign him, now they're on the hook for his signing bonus. So if he doesn't finish the contract with them, now they're going to get hit with dead money next year. So anyway, that's a situation that I think bears watching because I, I just, I'm not sure how that's going to go, but just something I thought of. So, all right, Giant fans, you are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer. We're talking about the Giants rookie minicamp. When we come back, some final thoughts, and then we'll call it a show. Stay with us. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, regardless of the sport or the major event. Bet online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, offering real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you enter the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your sportsbook expert. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment three of Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and we're wrapping up the Giants rookie mini camp, which was held this weekend. And let's kind of spin it ahead right now uh, the the uh the rookie mini camp is in the books and up next is going to be the OTAs but um really who knows if they're going to have OTAs remember the giants players they issued a statement through the NFLPA about um basically standing in unity with the rest of their NFL brothers and not uh planning to show up for the OTAs now I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I would be surprised if the entire team stays away. I think, you know, if a guy is on the roster bubble, I, I, 
I would think it would behoove them to get in there and and um, work with the coaches. But uh, you know, we'll see if the allure of the union and the power of the union is strong enough to where you know players just all stand together and really don't show up. But basically, the next thing that I think we can all count on for sure is going to be the uh, mandatory mini camp which is set for June 8th through 10th. And that's a camp that obviously all the players need to show up for. Otherwise, there are, I believe there are some fines involved. But see, here's what I don't get. I mean, if you're going to have to show up for the mini camp anyway, because it's mandatory, why not just show up for the OTAs, especially since right now protocols call for meetings to be held virtually. That hasn't changed. And, you know, also, it sounds like the NFL is re- is relaxing some of the guidelines that were put in place last year regarding masks and social distancing as more and more uh, people are, are vaccinated. So I just don't know what the benefit is for the players by staying away from the OTAs. I mean, wouldn't you want to come back in and get into football shape? I mean, Everybody trains differently. Everybody's trainers have different approaches. And, you know, at least coming in and working together and building up that chemistry and whatnot, I I just can't see why that wouldn't help a team and why they would want to stay away. I mean, I get it last year. It made sense because, you know, we didn't have the vaccine and there was, you know, obviously COVID-19, the pandemic was running wild, but it just seems like, I don't know, to use that as an excuse, to continue to use that as an excuse when people are getting vaccinated and, and they're, you know, research is learning more about it. Now I get it. It's personal choice. I totally get it, but it just seems like, you know, the union, I, I just question why they're doing it. You know, is that they claim that, oh, you know, it protects them from injury and, and all that other good stuff. But hey, injury is part of the game, number one. And number two, you can get injured working out on your own. Just as, you know, that's what happened with uh, Juwan James of the Broncos. And now look at where he's at. So I'm not sure I agree with the union and their logic. And uh, I just, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of NFL head coaches around the league that would rather that not be the case, that they would um, prefer that the um, that the players come in for the voluntary program. But um, again, it is a voluntary program. But of course, you know, the, the coaches can't force the players to come in. But see, here's what I don't understand that makes no sense to me. I mean, supposedly there's this, this push against not showing up for the, for the voluntary programs run by the team. But yet, you know, around the league, you see groups of players getting together and holding workouts with one another. And, and it's like, if you're going to do that, why not just do that under the, the roof of the, of the, uh, the team where you're with the coaches, you take advantage of having them there, you get, you know, deeper insight as opposed to maybe trying to figure out some of the new wrinkles that are being installed. I just don't understand the logic. If I'm being honest with you guys, I mean, you know, I get it. They they need to stay in shape and whatnot, but why not just come in and, and do all that stuff under the the uh, roof of the team? So this way, if God forbid somebody is injured, you're protected. You're not going to have a situation like Jawan James of Denver had where, you know, now you're out of luck and you're not going to get paid because it's a non-football injury. So I, I just don't 
understand what the logic is there by the union, but um, that's something I guess they all have to iron out and work out moving forward. So we'll see what happens there. Um, so yeah, let's get back to the um, the mandatory mini camp that's scheduled for next month. I, I just think for that one, you're going to see the entire team show up, as I said, because it's, it is mandatory. And that's going to be really our first look at how well the, the players have you know, taken to the coaching, how well the new pieces, you know, the new faces are going to fit in and just kind of give us an overview or, or an idea as to what maybe we can expect moving forward as, as we, you know, count down to training camp. So look, some football is better than none. And, um, you know, the mandatory mini camp is still a few weeks away, but, uh, We'll see what happens if, if anybody shows up for OTAs. I know Joe Judge said he, that they plan for them, that they announced the dates, and now it's just up to the players to take advantage of them if they see fit. So we'll see what happens there. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Giants. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you keep it here all week long. For more on the Locked on Giants podcast, I'm Patricia Trainer. Have a great one, folks. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.